0: What I'd like to do first is uh, just make a few announcements and uh, firstly I want to just be able to express our appreciation to all of those people involved in setting up and dismantling the venue and just so that you know who you are thanking, would all of those people who are involved in cleaning the toilets and setting up the venue any, and, and you know the chairs and, and uh, also the um, kitchen area and all those things. Would you all like to just stand up so we can thank you? So come on, don't be shy, don't be shy. (laughs) Thanks very much guys. It's uh, really appreciated the work that you do for us. And All of the work they do have, is uh, voluntary, so it's, uh, it's really appreciated. Um, we'd also like to thank you for the, the um, donations that we've managed to get and that's meant that we can get some equipment. Um, so it's going to take us a little while, I feel, to sort of sort out the equipment and how best to set it up, but um, I'm sure as that proceeds we... We'll have a better production for you to look at if you look at DVDs and also um, download on the internet as well with regard to the sound once I've worked out what this is all about. I've got a feeling too that uh, this whiteboard is reflecting some things so we'll just uh, stand a bit away from it. So how's your five weeks been? Our five weeks have been pretty good actually. Um, uh, We've both managed to process through a fair bit of things, myself and Mary. As you know, we had a three or so week trip over to New Zealand and on the North Island we met with around 35 or so people there um, and had a very interesting, lively discussion with them and uh, and for the most part uh, it was really, really quite good. When I say for the most part, there was one or, one or two people there who, um, who were very Jesus-oriented, shall we say. <laughs> and, uh, and, they, uh, and they were also very spirit-influenced, actually, by some, by some what you would call Pentecostal spirits. And uh, so that was quite interesting in dealing with those situations. Then we went uh, down to the South Island, and uh, myself and Mary did a little trip down the west coast of the South Island um, and uh, we ended up at Glenorchy, which is where Karen Prompt lives, and we finished up meeting up with I think it was about eight or ten people come along there, and and some of them. we had more of a private discussion there, um, so you won't be seeing that one on the internet. But uh, um, some of them were challenged, weren't they, Karen, with, with being there, and others uh, I think enjoyed enjoyed it, and we fin- we managed to finish up staying at Karen's for around four days or so, and um, did a few bushwalks, which was fantastic. Um, climbing, a, climbing a few mountains and getting a few views, which was lovely. And then myself and Mary uh, spent a lot of our time sort of travelling. Uh, we we travelled down, mostly down that west coast and spent a bit of time there. One of the things for me that I had to deal with emotionally over there was that um, I was quite saddened by the amount of destruction by white people um, this whole thing that we seem to have of conquer the world and conquer every plant, animal, and everything in its in in our wake, and the de- the amount of destruction, like just seeing literally hundreds of kilometers of of uh, of mountains with no trees on them uh, and uh, that that was quite. Uh, surprising for me. I sort of expected uh, New Zealand to be a little different than that and uh, and so I had a few emotions to deal with about that, didn't I, Mary? And, um, and Mary dealt with quite a number of different emotions too far away, so that was really good for us. And we got home uh, two weeks ago now, or close to, um, and we did a one session, as many of you know, last week in Brisbane, uh, just on the Sunday. And... Uh, Without having a whiteboard, that was pretty hard for me. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, I got over it, and uh, uh, so we did a presentation last week about about addictions and expectations. And in fact, I would probably like to have that discussion with you again at some point, uh, because I feel it's quite an important discussion to have. Now, today, some of you are probably expecting that I chat about uh, soulmates. Is that right? No. Oh, that's good because I'm not going to. <laughs> um, because, because we uh, did a couple of those discussions uh, a month ago instead. And um, so um, we will be having another Soulmate discussion or another weekend on the Soulmate issue at some point in the future. But what I wanted to raise with you over the coming couple of weeks, in preparation for the 160 or so of you who are going along to Mary's workshops, is, uh, is a number of different things that you face in your day-to-day lives in terms of opposition to staying in truth and, and actually progressing right. towards God. There's actually, you could say there's three or four main areas that are affecting your progression towards God and that cause you at any one point in time to get quite shut down and disillusioned with the process of becoming at one with God. So what I'd like to do is just uh, firstly note down what they are and I'm going to then hone in on one of them and talk about one of them today. Does that sound alright? And what I'll do uh, next week, the next time we get together, a couple of weeks time, is I'll uh, hone in on another and talk about that. There are actually a few that I've already talked about and uh, that are a part of it. But what I would like to say firstly is that one of the main being on earth and progressing towards God is a fair bit different in some ways to being in the spirit world and progressing towards God and there are a number of very practical and uh, and, and logical reasons why that is the case which I would like to describe to you. You remember that uh, here, and on, here on earth we're basically, uh, you could say the earth is in the first sphere state so first... Uh, I'm going to have to get used to writing on a whiteboard now. So first sphere state, right? And then, and then, of course, you've got the second sphere, the third sphere. These are all dimensional spaces in the universe uh, and so forth. So you've got these spheres of progression, let's call them. Now, each one of those, of course, is a different gradient of love, right? So we know that's the case. Now, because the Earth is in this first sphere... When we live on the earth and we're trying to progress, we're trying to get out of what everybody else actually does, because most people around us are in that same place, right? And we're trying to get ourselves, if you like, out of the mud from an emotional perspective. Now that's very, very hard uh, when you're surrounded with other people who want you to stay in the mud, isn't it? Because you just climb yourself out and somebody looks at you just about out, right? And you're just about teetering on the edge of the mud and somebody gives you a push back into it, right? (laughs) Away you go again, splat, and you've got to climb yourself back out again. And there's a lot of different things really going on emotionally and also in terms of external pressures that cause us to struggle when we're on earth. Now, when we're in the spirit world, there are a number of different truths that we know to be true compared to when we're on earth. For, for example, one of the truths is that you can't die, right? Or that you could say death is just a doorway into another, another dimension. Because, because on earth, many of us have a lot of resistance to even accepting that emotionally, don't we? Where, we? where we are very afraid of death. We're very afraid of what will happen afterwards, what will happen to our life afterwards what will happen to people around us. And you look at the world generally, how they respond to, this, to, the, to the aspect of death. Like, like, we don't want to talk about it, do we? If we do talk about it, nobody... It looks like the monster in the room most of the time, isn't it, for many of us? And so what we finish up doing with regard to death is ignoring it most of our life until we're just about to die, mm-hmm. right? And then, of course, we want to talk about it, but nobody around us generally does unless they are also just about to die, and, uh, and, and a lot of times what we're doing really is trying to avoid the fact that you're all going to die. Right? And much of our life is spent avoiding that emotionally. And so can you see when I get to the state where I no longer believe that death can affect me, I'm going to be very different to that in terms of emotionally different to everyone around me. Not only that, uh, let's say I did pass and let's say I was on the divine love path what would happen on the divine love path is that I would attract some spirits who are on the divine love path to assist me. And uh, those spirits uh, will obviously be quite bright and I've learnt now on earth that actually the brighter the spirit, the more they are in a state of love. So therefore they know more than I do about love. And so I can then start to trust that. The fact is too that I can now see the true condition of people on the earth that they were falsifying to me most of their life as well. So I can easily read, like, so I, I go along and I visit my, my wife who's still on earth. Oh, she didn't really like me very much. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a bit sad finding that out after living with her for 50 years, but, you know, it's like there's a lot of emotions that come up about that. And then we go along to our best friend. Oh, my best friend's actually in love with my wife. <laughs> oh. Well, I didn't know that either, you know, <laughs> all that time, right? And then, and then we go along to our children. Whoa. Yeah, they're not very impressed with me. <laughs> okay, well, you know, what went on there? And I start looking back at my life and seeing why they might not be too impressed with me due to my actions or whatever. And then I go along to see my mates down at the footy thing that I used to go to every weekend. Wow. like They don't even give a stuff I'm dead. <laughs> like, <laughs> so we start. We start feeling, you see, different emotions with different people and because we now can see the truth about different things, it makes it a bit easier for us to begin facing the truth ourselves. Can you see that? Like we can now see the truth of these interactions. So after a while we've got this divine love spirits who come to help us in the spirit world. So we're maybe, by this stage, we're maybe in the second sphere and we're now quite trusting of these spirits knowing that they're brighter than us and everything they've taught us we're progressing through. We're now trusting that there must be other dimensions in the spirit world, whereas before we are on earth, you know, it was just something somebody told me and I don't really know for sure. And so there's a lot of different things that cause me to feel like I want to stay on the divine love path in terms of my progression. Also, I start comparing, I can start comparing things and I see the man that's on the natural love path and what he's doing and how slowly he progresses compared to me dealing with my emotions and have this stuff come out of me and I progress very rapidly. So I can compare even that. I can actually see the truth of what's going on very easily. Not only that, I'm not surrounded by people I can't see. I'm surrounded by everyone that I can only see. When I say people I can't see, obviously there's people who are higher up in their development of love than I am that I can't see but the people that are, are around me in poor conditions or the people that are around me or in the same condition as me all the people that are around in poorer conditions than me i can actually visit them any time i want right so so i can actually go down to the person that i thought you know i was mates with who was in the spirit world before i passed and i can look at him and go gee well, he's a scary fellow like i don't know if i want to spend time with him now you know But while I was on the earth, I might have been spending time with him every single moment of my life because he might have been attached to me through some kind of attraction, influencing me. Now, when I'm in the spirit world, I can see the people who are influencing me. Does that make sense? I can see the effects they're having on me. I can can feel the emotions of the projection when they enter me and everything. I can do everything and see everything a lot more clearly. So I can, take, I can notice what's actually influencing me a lot more. And then not only that, I can see the auric field of the spirit body of the person, which means that I can see the colours in their body and associate those colours with different emotions. And then I can see the correlation between their emotions and my emotions and what's actually causing my law of attraction. So when I pass, I'm now looking at somebody else and I say, oh, you've got the same emotion as I have. Oh, we're both upset with women. Oh, okay, that's probably why we've been mates a lot of our life, right? Because we can get together and talk about women. uh, Or even if we don't talk about women, we feel comfortable with each other because both of us are in the same state of feeling upset towards women. And we can then determine whether we want to address that emotion or not in order to progress. Now, all of those things are available to me when I pass in the spirit world. But they seemingly, and I say seemingly because it's not really a truth, but seemingly they are not available to me here on earth. In other words, seemingly I can't see spirits. For many of us, that's the truth, right? And so therefore I can't see their auric field and I can't see their their body and I can't see their emotions. I can walk up to somebody here on Earth who looks nice and pretty and or or handsome, and I think he must be in good condition, but really he's not in good condition, and I think he is because I can't see the truth of what's coming out of him emotionally. Can you see that? I, I now seemingly see again because there is ways for you to see, but often we feel we can't. And so what happens on Earth is we have all of these external influences empowering and affecting us emotionally. And what I to like to do is say to you that these external influences will greatly determine whether you desire to progress or not on earth with regard to the divine love path. So let's have a look at what some of the influences are. If we look at our environment, the first set of primary influences upon us in, in terms of external to us are usually our family now very recently i gave a talk about about the human soul and i called it emotions truth and families and one of the reasons why i gave that talk was to show you how the family influences you in terms of holding you in a place of not wanting to progress now I'm not saying that families are a bad thing. What I'm saying is, and let's clarify it, what I'm saying is if a fam- the family is going to be one of the greatest impediments to you growing away from the same condition that they are in. So, for example, here I am, here's my father, here's my mother. Where did most of my emotional injuries come from? So most of my emotional injuries come from them and also, of course, my environment, right? So, so we've got all of the environmental factors of which my parents or lack of parents was a major factor in creating my emotional injuries. So let's say I want to deal with one of those injuries. Let's say I want to deal with one of those injuries. Let's say the injury is mum, dad's an atheist and, and mum's an agnostic. You know what, an ag- not what I mean by Agnostic a person who doesn't know what they believe about the spirit world and about God. <laughs> so Dad's an atheist. In other words, he's a firm believer there is no God. And Mum's an agnostic. And she doesn't know what to believe, whether God exists, not exists, doesn't really know. Is The jury's out for her. So what emotions are going to be in me? Like, I'm going to have some emotions, aren't I, about, yeah, does God exist, does God non exist, you know? Maybe God doesn't exist like Dad says, you know, and Dad comes up with all these arguments about religion, of course, because many atheists have become atheists because of religion, let's face it. And so, you know, I've got all of this anti religion stuff going on inside of me as well, emotionally, right? So let's say I've got an anti. So I finish up having an anti God stance, and I finish up also feeling anti religion, but. But I also, I can't spell religion, religion, -religion. anti-religion. Now I can't, yeah. So so I've got an anti-God, anti-religion stance. And I can't, um, and let's say I want to resolve this. Like I want to resolve what's going on inside of me emotionally about all that. What's going on, what's going to happen is, all of not only do i have to now resolve the emotion that's inside of myself about it so my own doubts about god my own like anger and maybe rage and and, and different emotions that i have towards religion but now i've also got the weight of dad's projections about all of those things affecting me too does that make sense so so not only do i have my own emotions to do with but i also have my dad's to do with in the process so can you imagine now i start suspecting that there's a god all right just my suspicions alone are going to trigger my father are they not all right? what's he going to start feeling well he's going to start feeling his authority is being confronted he's been through this same process that i'm going through now I should just accept the fact that there's no God and he's proven that already and and so forth, right? So he's going to have quite a lot of different emotions in response to my feeling there may be a God. Now, unless my father is able to own completely all of his own emotions without projecting a single one of them onto me, can you see I'm going to have some opposition from my father on that matter, quite simply? Now, my father has the choice to not do that. He has the choice. He could just say to himself, all right, my son's an intelligent man and my son knows what he's doing, you know. I've brought him up to know what he's doing and trust that he's brought him up to know what he's doing. And so, therefore, if my son wants to go off on this discovery tour, I could help him. But there's not too many parents that do that, let's face it. Now, it would be lovely if they did, because right? that would actually be an act of love and that would then mean that the family wouldn't be one of the things opposing your discovery of truth. Right, But unfortunately what happens is the family has an emotional investment in these things. For example the father may have had some very negative experiences with religion for example. Emotional experiences that he hasn't ever released inside of himself. So when you start talking about God, he automatically associates God with religion and where is he going with this now emotionally? Now there's all these emotions about religion that he starts feeling that are unresolved inside of him, that he's unwilling to completely feel by himself without expressing them back to you. And so now he's projecting at his son that unless you have an anti-religion stance, you're not my son anymore. And that is an opposition to you growing in truth and coming to your own state about whether you believe you know you should have anti-religion stance or not and this will apply to anti-god stance and, and it applies to all sorts of things They're right down to your viewpoint of the opposite gender like if dad thinks all well, women need to be put down and kept barefoot and pregnant right then then as soon as i start challenging that emotion in myself, because it's going to reside in myself if, it, if it's in my father most probably or the opposite emotion may reside there too but if I start challenging that emotion one of the first persons I'm going to start challenging is my father and, and of course if he doesn't want to deal with the hurt from his own past about why he believes that then of course we're going to be in disagreement with each other again now none of that needs to happen does it? We, we don't need to, to be enemies with our own family. Our family doesn't need to be enemies with us. In fact, if we were all in a state of love, that would never occur. However, unfortunately, because my family has an emotional investment generally in me maintaining the same emotions and same beliefs that my family has, often this occurs. So the family then becomes one of the primary points of opposition for us emotionally. So what happens is as soon as I start to think about different truth, I often start to get quite strong attacks, emotional attacks, from my family as a result of that. All right, well, what else is a part of our environment? Obviously, our friends are a primary part of our environment, aren't they? Now so we've got myself and I've got a few friends, let's a uh, few male friends maybe and a few female friends surrounding me as well, right? So I've got these friends and I have I start off having a close relationship with these friends. Obviously they're friends for a reason. Now unfortunately for many of our friendships they're not based upon truthful emotional interactions with them but they're based on common interests, common goals and common passions many times, right? So I have a passion for footy. So th- my three mates have all got a passion for footy. Does that make sense? Because there's a law of attraction going on. I've got a passion for the outdoors. So my three mates all love for driving, going out fishing, all those kind of things for the outdoors. That's how we are. We, we enjoy each other's company doing those things. If I, if I had to ask my mate whether he's really happy in his marriage, I may not know. And he may not have ever told me. But because we've got these other desires and passions that match, we're going along in the same direction. So then what happens is I I come up and I start questioning this issue of whether I should be eating meat or not. And we're all fishermen. (laughs) So it's not like,
1: hmm,
0: I'm not that comfortable going out fishing anymore. I don't mind getting out in the boat and mucking about in the boat and doing other things perhaps, but I'll, I might not put out the line and catch a fish and eat it anymore. Now, can you see straight away, my change in belief is going to confront my friends somehow. Now, again, our friendship could easily be maintained, quite simply, by, uh, by our friends feeling that that's fine, you're allowed to not eat meat, you're allowed to choose to not catch meat anymore, you're allowed to, you know, you're still a man, we still think you're a man... <laughs> even though you don't want to do those things, right? And they could be very accepting. And if that's the case, then our relationship could be maintained, could it not? Okay. However, most of the time we have emotional reasons why we're doing things and we have emotional reasons why we go out fishing and we have an emotional reason why we want to eat the meat and we have an emotional reason why we want to do all of those things and some of it is about my definition of what's a man. Like, you know, men, real men do these things. In fact, even the beer ads say it, do they not, right? The real men do these things. So, so here I've got my group of male friends who think that real men do these things. If I'm not eating meat, he's not a real man anymore. I don't know how that happened. I just checked the gear, it's there (laughs) still, right? So, but for some reason, all of a sudden, just because I'm not going out catching fish anymore, I'm not a real man. Now... Now, me just addressing this one emotion inside of myself that's harmonious with divine truth is going to automatically confront those friendships. Can you see that? Now, it doesn't have to. The truth is it doesn't have to. If all of us were accepting of each other's desire to do whatever we want in our life, then it doesn't have to confront those friendships. But the problem is, you know, most of the time is when I stop doing something, that another person is doing, the other person automatically feels judged. Have you noticed that even with yourself? Sometimes your friend stops doing something and and you automatically feel judged that you should somehow stop doing it now. And this is a common problem that we have and so what happens is our friends start dropping off because we're no longer accepting of each other's choices. So in the end that's what it's about. So as I'm growing towards divine truth, I'm now starting to attract maybe different friends, but there's this, there's this period in between where I'm not attracting the new friends, and the old friends don't want to see me anymore. <laughs> and that's a very confronting place, isn't it? Like, Because you end up feeling like, wow if I keep doing this I have no friends, which is not the truth by the way but it is the truth that we think something we believe. And so what that does is it puts huge emotional pressure on me as the individual. So now not only am I getting my emotional pressure from my family, right, to not do these changes that I'm feeling like I want to do, but I'm also now getting this emotional pressure from my friends to not do what I'm wanting to do. Now, it doesn't have to be that way, but unfortunately, often it turns out that way. Now, I also then start having my family friends saying, "Yeah, see, you're in a cult. See, nobody wants to spend any time with you anymore," <laughs> and that's proof that you're in a cult. And and the truth is, you know, all cults say, "What do they say?" I don't even know. Um, something like something like uh, what they do, what a cult leader does, is he tries to disassociate you from your family. And what an occult leader does is he tries to disassociate you from your friends. Now, when you go through it all emotionally, personally, you feel that your friends disassociated you, not the (laughs) other way around, right? Often that feels that way. But they then claim back to you that, yeah, see, this is proof that you're in a cult now because, because they're saying we're the problem. Well, no, what I'm saying is any person who doesn't accept the choices of that individual is obviously at some point going to project negatively at the individual. And that is a truth, is it not? And all I need to do is come to accept it and we can remain friends all we like. Just like I accept you doing what you want. Oops, just to straighten that up um, I, I accept you doing what you want to do, even if it might not be harmonious with divine truth or divine love. And you would accept me doing what I want to do, even though it's not harmonious. When I want you to do what I want, then we might have a problem or when you want me to do what you want, then we might have a problem. And it's only when we want each other to do what we want, that's when we start having the problem. So when I want this friend to do what I want to do, and many of you have done this, by the way, on the Divine Love Path, and you haven't been on the Divine Love Path when you're doing it, by the way, you say, oh, I'm learning all this new truth, it's so wonderful, I'm so happy about it, and what's one of the first things you start doing? Talking about it with others, Right? But you don't just talk about it with others. You expect them to feel the same joy at finding the same truth that you had. Well that's going to damage your relationship with these people because every time you expect something you're actually being unloving right at that moment. So what do we do? We're in a relationship with our, our partner and all of a sudden I feel real all this joy about discovering the divine truth and our partner's not interested, right? And so what do I do? I give him the heavies, you know? I'd heavy him into being interested, right? I'm straight out of harmony with love myself now, but do you think our relationship's going to survive this? Not very well if I continue doing it, you see, because I'm not in a space of love myself. So often it's because of our own enthusiasm, but working with some of our emotions. And some of our emotions are, I can't do this alone. I need you to do this with me. That's one of our emotions. I... I can, so I start having feelings towards God and my partner's an atheist, right? How does this work now? Well, it'll work fine if I, right. as long as I don't expect him to have feelings about God. Does that make sense? But, it's, but oftentimes what happens is I start talking about God a bit more and he starts saying, can you shut up about God like I'm sick of hearing it? And, <laughs> and before you know it, you know, I'm getting shut down some of the time and, he's, and I'm trying to shut him down some of the time too, you know, about his stuff. And of course that's going to break the relationship down. Does that make sense? As long as we're both open and accepting of each other's beliefs, we're going to be fine, but oftentimes we're not. And that's what causes the problem. All right, so what's the third main influence? Now I'm going to have to just shrink this down a little. And by the way, this third influence, I would actually put as the number one effect on you. Does that give you an idea? Here's you. And surrounding you at any one time, there can be literally tens or even hundreds of spirits in different conditions and they are surrounding you because of the emotions coming from you that they feel attracted to. Now some of those emotions are a desire for truth and if that's the case you'll attract a spirit who's in a brighter condition to you. But other ones of those emotions are not so nice, right? Let's face it, some of the emotions I feel like I want to be angry with men. So every man who feels that's unfair is going to feel like, oh, I want to get into him about that. And every woman who feels like that's good, you know, you've got to be angry with men, you've got to be angry with men. They are going to be to me as well. Can you see that? And so at any one point in time in my life, I am in this space where I'm literally surrounded by a group of people, many of whom I do not know and have never met, but who have very, very strong, unresolved emotional issues that are exactly the same as my own. Now, that is going to be a powerful effect on what happens to me in my progression. Can you see that? Now what happens on the divine love path with regard to our progression is we often start feeling this you know, influence occurring in our lives, and we start seeing this influence occurring in our lives but we are totally unaware on many occasions of this influence in our lives and that happens to be our strongest influence in many cases because of the law of attraction operation. Now, when we're in the spirit world, we are a spirit. So I can't be influenced by people I can't see very easily unless they're in a better condition to me. But here on earth I can be influenced by spirits whether they're in a better condition than me or in a much worse condition than me. And I can be influenced either way. And the subject of my discussion with you today is how to deal with that influence. So we've talked about the family and we'll talk about friends at some point but We want to focus now on the influence of spirits in our lives. By the way, there's some very good books that we can read on this subject uh, that illustrate the influence of spirits in your life very powerfully and I'll list those at the end of the discussion if you can remind me to do that. So let's call this discussion Spirit Relationships. and the title of it, Coping with Spirit Influence. Influence, okay. Tomorrow by the way, I'm going to expand this discussion into how to recognize possession and obsession with spirits because they're very, very linked subjects. So That's it. To understand how these spirits influence us, we still need to understand emotions. And we need to understand what's going on inside of us very deeply. So here we are. Here's our mummy and our daddy. And then there's us, the newborn child. At the moment that I'm conceived, what happens? What happens is that I begin absorbing from my environment the emotional condition and therefore the belief systems and everything of the environment, which primarily are my family All right. so they influence me now let's look at what's happening from an energetic level so a metaphysical level rather than an emotional one it would be far better by the way for you to understand it from an emotional perspective than metaphysical but sometimes when we see the metaphysical thing going on we start to understand what's actually happening my mother has a spirit body does she not she also has a soul so let's draw her soul like that surrounding her all right, And my father has a spirit body and a soul, so let's draw my, his soul surrounding him. Now, they're both halves of a soul. They may not be soulmates, or they may be, it doesn't really matter. They both have halves of, half of a soul, and they have their soul. The soul is emanating all of this energy. This energy comes out of the soul, and the soul actually controls what actually happens to the spirit form, And the spirit form then controls what happens to the physical body. So many of the diseases you can catch are resulting around energetic disturbances in your spirit body, as you well know, right? But let's look at what's happening at a soul level. At a soul level, what's happening is I have got different disharmonies and harmonies within me. The harmonies, when I say harmonies, I'm talking about the things that are harmonious with God's laws of love. And then there are different emotions in me that are totally disharmonious with God's laws of love. Agreed? So we've got these truth-based emotions which are harmonious with love. We've got these error-based emotions which are still within me that I believe to be true which are disharmonious with love. So as we've always drawn, we've got these influences of truth and error on my soul. And this is everyone, everyone, not just me, but everyone around me too. Now, the way God created you is very, very clever. Every single thing that's harmonious with love that you have inside of you as an emotion automatically protects you. And every single thing that you have that's disharmonious with love inside of you as an emotion automatically makes you vulnerable to external attack does that make sense can I repeat it every single thing inside of you that is harmonious with truth and love so any harmony with truth and love and I'm talking about God's truth here with divine truth that's inside of you and inside of your soul remember everything that's inside of your soul is an emotion so truth is an emotion inside of you So everything that's harmonious with divine truth and divine love inside of you automatically protects you from any harm from the external environment. This is one of the key things to understand. See many of us don't even believe this. Let's face it, many of us believe totally the opposite. But we'll confront those emotions as we go. Any harmony with divine truth inside of my soul automatically offers me protection. And let's just rub out dad for a moment. Sorry dads. Any disharmony with love or truth automatically opens me up to attack. Right. So in other words, what's the opposite of protection? Vulnerability to attack. Is there a, one word for that? Danger. Okay, let's call it danger, shall we? Exposure, yeah. Danger, exposure, yeah. So, so now God, God created this system uh, for a lot of reasons. One of the primary ones is that uh, because of the pain we feel, because of the danger, we automatically can understand, once we understand the law, we automatically understand that actually if I'm in pain and I feel danger, then it's because I'm vulnerable and it's because I've got a belief that's out of harmony with truth. The beauty of it is in the end, when you release all of your disharmony with divine truth inside of yourself, at that point in time you are also now completely fearless because there's nothing that you could ever make you afraid does that make sense because you are now fully fully protected and you don't it's not a thought it's not something you manufacture by surrounding yourself with white light or anything like that it's this emotion in you that you now know for certain that there's nothing that can harm you and the truth is in that moment there is nothing that can harm you if you're in that state where everything is harmonious with divine love. And what happens from a metaphysical perspective is you could think of the emotions that are harmonious with divine truth and love as this great big barrier of beautiful white light that emanates from your own soul that surrounds your person. All right? And when it's completely harmonious with divine love, all of it, there will be no holes or cracks in that protective barrier. Do you follow me? No holes or cracks in that protective bar- barrier. But what happens is the majority of us start, well, start off with a lot of error because of the emotion that get bombarded from the environment from the time we're conceived. And instead of having this nice, smooth, very thick wall of protection. And by the way, it's actually the way you feel it is not like a wall of protection because you're totally open to everything, but none of it affects you. But instead of having this ball of protection around you, what happens is we've got great big gaping holes in this ball of protection where energy can enter us from outside of us, from our environment. You follow me? So now instead of this nice great big barrier surrounding our soul where nothing can actually permeate through it, and harm us emotionally, and remember that really all pain comes from, in the end, being harmed emotionally in some way. None of that once that barrier is removed. Now I've got all these different energy. You could think of it as actually, and and you do see this, by the way, when you're in the soul state and in the spirit state in the higher levels of the spirit world, you actually see the fissures and cracks in the person's body and you know what emotions are associated with those fissures and cracks in the body. Does that make sense? And at times, uh, many of the spirits in the lower spheres up until the seventh, then one of the main reasons why they desire to progress is because they see their own, in the mirror, they see their own cracks in their own body, and they can see how ugly that is. And so they desire to progress. Now, all these fissures and cracks in our emotional state. So let's say I, that's the child now, so that's me. Um, it's not me because she's a lady, but anyway. And, and she's got now all of these places where she's vulnerable to attack. Not just from a person physically, but from events even. that will, will, when I say vulnerable vulnerability, these events will confront her emotionally so that she can seal up one of those holes. That's the purpose of it, right? Now, you imagine that's mum. Here's dad again. So we draw dad back in this picture. So dad's over here. And dad's got the same thing going where he's got all of these areas that are unhealed within him. Different areas, of course, that are unhealed within him emotionally. So he's got some, some of it's there, right? Some of it's there, but, but parts of the holes where energy, things can enter him and harm him. And mum's got that happening too, and here's me. Now, let's see what... I might need to get two new batteries, if I can, too. We'll they're in that blue bag. Thanks, mate. Um, so now, just imagine, there's me, this, this child that's been conceived, and I've got my mum, who's got a lot of unhealed emotions, and therefore a lot of cracks and holes in her energetic system emotionally. And then I've got Dad, and he's unhealed emotionally, and he's, she, he's got lots of cracks and holes in his system emotionally. Of course what I'm going to have is like almost a combination of those two isn't it? In terms of I'm going to have quite a lot of different areas in my spirit form. Now what I'm going to do is just illustrate a couple of those areas. Mum may have an emotion where she or some of her predecessors have been raped by a man or, or abused sexually by a male that she has yet to heal inside of herself emotionally. All right. So there's some sexual things going on for mum. Dad may have a, a feeling that he's a man and he can get sex whenever he wants. So that's his unhealed emotion that's inside of him. What's going to be inside of me? It's going to be a bit of a mess, isn't it, when it comes to sexuality. Can you see that? There's going to be quite a number of different holes in there. Let's say mum was actually sexually abused when she was older and, in, and instead of me being male as the child, I am a female, right? And, sorry about that, the dress is a bit short. And... <laughs> <laughs> Not much point in having a dress like that on, is it? That's... Uh, <laughs> And dad, let's say dad has the, dad has the viewpoint that, that women are there for a man's pleasure. And I'm a girl, like growing up in that environment. Can you see I'm going to have lots of different holes and cracks in my protective shield that's around me? Can you see that? Now, my mum may be dedicated 100% to protecting me sexually because of her own abusive experience. But do you know she's not going to be able to protect you from spirits abusing you sexually? Okay. Until both these parents heal those emotions, the child can't be protected spiritually from those events. And the only persons that can help you is some guide or guardian who's a guardian or guide of this child. So they are the only people who are in the mix trying to protect the child. But it's very, very hard to protect somebody who's got all of these gaps in their own armour. Now, in the Bible, for those of you who have a Christian background, Paul, the Apostle Paul, called this barrier that surrounds you, he called it your suit of armour. And really, in a way, that's what it is. Can you see that? it 's your protection of these exter- from external things from external things going on, and he actually said um, in in one of his presentations that he had to the I think it was the Ephesian congregation, he actually said that these this suit of armor, well quite a few of you a bit confronted by me bringing up the Bible again, need to deal with that emotion right and <laughs> he actually said that. One of the biggest problems you will ever face in your progression on the divine love path is spiritual attacks. Now, the reason why is quite simple. You can't see them. You see, when a person on earth comes up and attacks you, (laughs) you can see them, can't you? And in many cases, you can put distance between you and them can you not you can get away from it in many cases I'm not saying in every case but in many cases you can so you have a method of physically acting in order to get away from the attack do you follow me but in this but whether it comes to these spirits influencing you what methods do you have available to you you can't avoid them can you they are able to travel wherever you go they are able to see whatever you do. Can you see that? And if, Can we have a mic uh, down to Nina? Thanks. There's one right next to you. <laughs> you just have to watch the, the uh, this camera too. Yeah.
2: How influential are spirits over us when we're sleeping?
0: Well, the influence that a spirit has o- over us when we're sleeping is not to do with our physical body so much. As to what to do with what's in our side of our soul, and this is what I'm trying to get at in the end, is that in the end it's the barriers or the lack of barrier that we have to, that creates vulnerability to attack or influence from spirits, and that will occur whether we're awake or asleep. Yes. <coughs> yeah, now, now it's. Now we're starting to get influenced by spirits because there's quite a lot of spirits that don't want to hear any of this. Um, we're going to have to bear with some of this because there are some spirits who just don't want to hear, don't want you to hear any of this. So we're just going to have to put up with some of that. If I can. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting that it begins, that isn't it, when you start talking about these things? All right, can you hear me? Now can you turn that mic off? It's at the bottom. We we'll just have one on, I think. All right. Now, this is such an important thing for you to understand, I feel. Because if you don't understand how you're getting influenced by different spirits, you're going to so easily hook into how they influence you that you won't even know what's happening. And the way they hook into influencing you is through your unhealed emotions that you have and a primary way that they hook into you. So let's have a look at what's going on from a spiritual point of view. From a spiritual point of view, I now, because of my vulnerability, because I have errors in my soul, am not afforded the protection that... uh, I could be if I had less errors within my soul. Now, it's not my fault that I have those errors in many cases because many of the errors created through my parents and my environment and everything growing up. But there are a number of things I can actually do to plug up these holes until my soul is able to provide the barrier. Do you understand? So there's all these holes around me emotionally. So let's draw a little up. Um, and this is, obviously, i change the gender again. It's, right? And this is the barrier that would normally be there if I was afforded full protection by my being in a complete state of love and a complete state of truth, totally harmonious with divine truth. Right? That would be the barrier that would be there. I would be perfectly protected from my environment. I could walk through my life without a single fear. And by the way, this is not an intellectual state. I'm ta- saying that you will actually get to a point, once you're at this point, where you will have no, literally no fear about anything in your life at all. Does that make sense? Dennis, can we get, have a mic back up? Yeah. Let's keep your hand up, Dennis. There. Hey, Joe. Is that... Um are you talking about
1: at one there
0: or just being
1: in a complete state of
0: love? Um, this state occurs when you're at w- in at one with God. Until you're in at one with God, you may actually be in a, in a natural love state of completion. It would be very, very hard for any spirit to influence you in that state as well, with the exception of your beliefs about God. Okay. Does that make sense? Yep. So, so what I'm talking about is a completed state where... Nobody can influence you about anything at all, and in that state, you would have to be at one with God. Now, the problem is that the majority of us, of course, are not yet there, so so what we have to do is just rub that out. The majority of us have all these fissures and cracks where we have energetic disturbances in our spirit body as a result of them, and therefore there's all these places that are holes in our barrier. So... There are just holes there where anybody can get in under certain circumstances. Anybody, someone on earth or in the spirit world can get in and affect me emotionally under certain specific circumstances. All right, so, so what we want to do is we want to have some way of actually protecting ourselves while we're in the process of development. Does that make sense to you? Because if if we can't protect ourselves while we're in the process of development, there's all sorts of things that can happen. For example, as I receive divine love, so in my soul I'm starting to receive divine love, automatically my body becomes brighter. Does that make sense? My spirit form, I mean, becomes brighter. Now, if you're a spirit and you're in quite a dark place and you're hovering around the earth, what kind of persons are you going to be attracted to a lot you go to the brighter one and say, what? why is he bright? I'm not bright, he's bright, what's going on? But you won't go, what's going on in most cases if you're in a dark condition? You'll go, I want him to be where I am. I want him to go back to being dark again. Does that make sense? Because I'll have, like as the spirit, I'll have huge amounts of jealousy at someone being brighter, huge amounts of problems with why they're brighter, and then I'll look at their, and I think, ah, I can easily affect that, I can easily cause them. look, I can see there's this little rage there that's about their mother I can affect that that's really easy to affect, all I've got to do is plop a few thoughts into their mind and the person is going to be open to those thoughts, are they not? because they have a rage towards their mother, which automatically makes them unprotected in this area where they can now have thoughts popped into their mind to prompt their rage towards their mother does that make sense to you? So it's a lot like here, here if I've got inside of me a rage towards mum which obviously covers some fears about my own emotional state which obviously covers a lot of grief about my, my, relationship, whoops, my relationship with her, right? right? What will happen is that now creates a state where I am now totally open to influence on that subject. And I can be influenced by any person on earth on that subject and I can be influenced by any spirit. And all the spirit has to just get into my mind and my mind will be unprotected on this subject because of the emotion inside of me that, that doesn't afford me protection. And so I have a feeling in my heart that I have a justified anger towards my mother. That justified anger rage towards my mother will they automatically make me vulnerable to a spirit who's also angry with their mother or wants to manipulate me and control me in some way in that regard, with regard to my relationship with women. And that spirit will be able to connect through those thoughts quite easily because I'm unprotected in that area. Does everyone get that? All ah. right. So what does he do? He's up here, spirit. He drops in my, into my mind, yeah, all women are bitches. Right. And that triggers this emotion in me of me being angry with my mother. And then I start acting out. And he might drop in my mind, yeah, they're all bitches. You know, just use them. You can use them. You know, that's what they're doing to you anyway. Right? So he just starts dropping these thoughts in. And, you know, you might be walking along the street and all of a sudden drawn to look at a woman and, and, and the feeling is, oh, I want to I have sex with her. And that could be draw, dropped in by that same spirit, exactly the same way, through this emotion of anger and feeling certain feelings towards women. Does that make sense? And to be frank with you, all of us are like this, like this melting pond, if you like. We are inside of ourselves, able to have any of these thoughts dropped into us at any point in time, based on what my, my unhealed emotional condition is at that time. Jen? If you have a mic, uh, if you put your hand up.
3: Often at times they've talked to me in my own voice. Yep. What so sounds they mi- like? They mimic They mimic a set of events that perhaps resonate with a memory yep. that may or may not be true about my life yep. and talk to me in my own voice. Yep. And so I can't tell the difference at times.
2: Yep.
0: And, and the truth is for many of us is that we think we can't hear spirits, right? The majority of us feel that we can't. The truth is that you're actually hearing spirits half your life. All right? You just don't even know yet what thought is your own and what thought's theirs. Because their thoughts are so much in harmony with your own. And the reason why is because of the emotional injuries that are there. Alex? Hey AJ, the, the most difficult thing I find is I'm in the middle of a process.
1: Yep. And then I feel them coming in. Like wanting to shut me down, like, yep. and that's when I get really frustrated with the with the path and with, with God and my guides and everything. I said, I'm trying to do the right thing. Like I'm, you know, I'm busting my ass here. Like, and what you? Like I'm getting hassled. Like, yeah. So many of so you who
0: many of you who have a deep, have quite open mediumistic connection, which you do have, Alex, um, find this really frustrating place. But you're not being honest with yourself, actually. When a spirit comes in to influence you, they're coming in to influence you because of a hook that you have to that influence. And the key is to find that hook to the influence. Now, the hook to the influence isn't usually about the same thing you're processing. I'm going to illustrate that with you. Let's say you have a belief that men that are older than you should always be listened to. And I,
1: The example you used before, that was just me. Okay, me. So what, what was that?
0: <laughs> oh, the one with the,
1: oh, I thought you must have heard me processing, all women are bitches and walking down the road and projecting at women and all that sort of stuff.
0: Okay, yeah. okay, so let's look at that. So we've got some male spirits, you know they're males. All right. And when you're starting to try to process an emotion about your sexual interest in women, right, these men are basically there trying to influence you in the opposite direction. Is that correct? Okay. Now, what's their hook? They have a hook into you. Now, they're perfectly happy to influence you in this opposite direction that is disharmonious with love. But what you've got to find is why do you want to follow them? Because otherwise you wouldn't follow them. They wouldn't even be able to influence you unless you wanted to follow them. There's got to be a reason why you want to follow them. Now, oftentimes the reason why you follow them has got nothing to do with the emotion you're processing. And in fact, it's got something to do with totally different. And And what I wanted to do is illustrate it. What's your... Feelings towards older, angry men. What do you feel about an angry man? What, what's your feelings when you're with an angry man?
1: I, I don't know. I'd have to feel into it. Yeah. Well, initially, I've always projected greater anger back.
0: Okay. Why would you do that?
1: Um, because I'm obviously
0: fearful okay so you're obviously afraid yeah. of them yeah. right? what are you afraid of you're afraid of them getting violent with you perhaps mm-hmm. can you see that mm-hmm. so you're afraid of these men getting violent with you so what you want to do is get violent back first protect mm-hmm. yourself but obviously there is some fears in there from, from men yeah. being violent with, towards you mm-hmm. what do you feel about spirits who are violent how do you feel about that what's your fears there can you see you've got some fears there Would you like to have a nice, friendly spirit around you or would you like to have an angry spirit around you? Which one would you prefer? Obviously, a nice, friendly. (laughs) Okay. Well, you know how you make them nice and friendly? Is you do whatever they want. You know this, right? Why does somebody get angry with you? Because they want to control you. When they get angry with you and you finish finish up feeling afraid, what do you finish up doing Eventually you finish up doing exactly what they want. What does that do? makes them happy. How do you keep somebody happy? You do exactly what they want. How many of us have learned that in our lives? Yeah? How do you make mum and dad happy? Do exactly what they want, right? How do you make your friends happy? Do exactly what they want. That's what you do, isn't it? Obviously, there might be other emotions that have never been good enough and all those kind of things, but from a spiritual perspective, what's actually happening with this. This spirit knows that you want a happy coexistence with him. He also knows that you have an injury where if he projects anger at you right, that you have a tendency to want to do what he wants. Does that make sense? He also knows that you have an injury with regard to women and, and having to look at them because it gives you an emotion inside of yourself that's unhealed. He also has the same emotion. He has the emotion where he also feels that he can project at women and wants to have sexual interactions with women on the same basis. But his hook into you is that he knows that you're going to be afraid of him if he gets nasty with you. Do you follow me?
1: Well, yeah. Um, yes, I've been processing a lot of fears of spirits and, mm-hmm. and that sort of stuff.
0: Yep. Is that, is that the way to go? That's the way to go. Yeah. Because, yeah. What, because what's happening is that the more you get rid of with regard to why you're afraid of him, yeah. you'll start not doing what he wants anymore. Right? And, it, and it's only... He, he, he's telling you to do something that you here know at least that you don't want to do, but you feel drawn to do it because not because of the women and how pretty or beautiful they are, but because you're afraid of this man getting nasty with you. So you can imagine it, if you can imagine it a little differently. You're walking along with a group of male friends, you know, all football types, let's say, right? We're looking along, and this is not to categorise any of them, but they're all big burly fellas, you know, quite forthright, connected with their bodies and so forth. And you're walking along with a group of them. Now, many of those men would ogle the woman as they walked past, and totally justify that, would they not? Wouldn't they? So they go, oh look yeah, look at her, and she got good you know, and I I won't repeat what they might say, because a lot of it would be quite terrible to say, really. Right? But they are saying all of that. And they, they may even say it loud enough for the woman to hear, right? Mightn't they? Now, there's this group of men, and let's say now for a moment, they're all spirits. Still walking along with you. Right? Now, the only way that I'm going to be drawn into the same conduct as what they are exhibiting is by wanting approval from them. Can you see that? If I had a feeling inside of me, no, no, actually, this is wrong to talk to this woman this way, there would also then be the opposite feeling, but what about my mates? What are they going to feel about me if I don't do it? So if we were all on earth walking along... All of a sudden, I'm the only male out of a group of five males who's not ogling the woman. What's going to happen now? What's going to happen now is, yeah, now I'm getting a lot of projection from these four other guys that I'm not towing the line. What's wrong with me? Oh, are you gay or something? You know, like, why aren't you interested in projecting at the woman? You know, like, you get a lot of banter, which is obviously projection and control, Right. And so, so what's happening if we're all mates on earth is that the only way that I will conform to their behaviour if I disagree with it inside of myself is because I have an emotional hook into their approval. Can you see that? And it's exactly the same with our interactions with spirits. See, most of the time in our interactions with spirits, we are seeking their approval and And the only way that we can get approval is to do the same thing they do or want us to do. Yep. Now, if I have an emotional injury inside of myself where I don't have a firmness for truth that's built inside of me, I now have a hole. I now have an area that's open inside of myself that allows me to be influenced. I am now vulnerable to attack. And the way I'm vulnerable to attack is all somebody external to me needs to do is imply that I'm not whatever the attack point is and, I, and I'll automatically feel like I have to do what they want. Even though inside of myself I don't feel it's right, I will still go do it, right? And this is happening to us with spirits and people on earth all the time, if you think about it, Right? What's happening on earth and with spirits is oftentimes we go down a course of action not because we agree with it, but because we want the emotional approval of our family, our friends, or the biggest thing I'm saying is the spirits around you to do it. Does that? Do you get that? We go up the back. Yeah, there first. Yeah, and then and switch it the
3: It? it takes oh. a little while. Uh, can I just ask you, can spirits have the influence on your body as far as uh, before I wanted to ask a question and then I kicked into the fear of like, oh, no one wants to hear me and la la la, all that sort of thing. Yep. Instantly I got a sore throat. So yep. is that my body, like, is that my reaction to my negative emotion or can that be spirit influence like shutting me down there?
0: Well, the fact is that you feel afraid to speak, so that, that automatically begins to shut down your throat. Does that make sense? But a spirit can now hook into that because of the fears that you have quite easily. So, so if the spirit doesn't want you to say what you wanted to say, all they have to do now is connect to you via this fear you have of saying it in front of maybe an audience or whatever it is. What is the fear?
3: Fear of humiliation. Okay. And not being understood. So, so they just
0: say, oh, you might get a humiliated, you might get a humiliated. They just drop that thought into your mind, right? You might get humiliated and now you're in a state, well, I don't want to say anything because I might get humiliated. Right? And that's their hook into you. Does that make sense? And the hook into you is often very, very different than the actual action you take. They're often very different the emotion that will hook into you than the action you take. And when you when you look at what's happening on earth, you can see this very readily as well, really. Like, why do you want to conform to what your family says for you to do? Isn't it because you don't want to lose your family? Isn't it isn't that the emotional reason? I don't want to lose my family, so I feel like I must do what my family says. Isn't it the same with your friends? I don't want to lose my friends, so I've got to do what they say. Now, it's exactly the same with spirits. I don't want to lose these spirits around me, whatever. I'm going to do exactly what they say. And there's always some emotional hook that you have into them. It's very important to understand that. If we come down to Natalie and then across to... AJ, I
3: understand how... You could have a need to please your mum or your friends, mm-hmm. but I'm struggling to understand how you would have a need to please a spirit when you can't see them. Ah. So how do you identify what that need is? Well, it's
0: actually you'll be surprised. It's actually quite easy. What does this spirit What is this spirit able to do to you if you don't do what he wants? A bit of, what would you do if you were a spirit? Move an object. Anyway, you, it, could, it could go that far, right? Where somebody does move an object. And that many, many people, by the way, in their childhood or in their, in their years, years of growing up, have had, seen their own family members being thrown against the wall, for example. Like, that's pretty scary, right? Like, this has happened, and it's an extreme, but it happens.
3: Could they put, like,
2: dark thoughts into your head? Of course. Okay. Any that you are so like open he- to
0: receiving. Okay. Right now, if he decides, let's say, let's say you do everything he wants, and he won't tell you you're you're a, you're, a, you're, a, you're a terrible woman. Shall I, shall I use some worse words than that? You're a. Uh, uh, and please don't think this is personal, but but you're a cow and a bitch, right? Let's say, right? Let's say that's the underlying. underlying emotional feeling that you have towards yourself, inside of yourself, you know, that somebody's probably told you when you were young. He'll be nice and friendly to you, right, until such a point in time that you're not doing what he wants anymore. From then on, he's going to just hammer you about you being a cow and a bitch. He can drive you totally insane with that thought, right?
2: So these will sometimes feel like my own thoughts about myself. They will feel like your
0: own thoughts because they... The unprotected emotion comes from within yourself that agrees with the statement coming at you. Okay. Do you see what I'm saying? Yep. They will feel exactly like your own thoughts. And, and so he can say, I'm a counter-bitch, I'm a counter-bitch, I'm a counter-bitch to you constantly. You're feeling that it's coming from you. Oh, I've got to deal with this unworthy emotion, which you certainly have to deal with. But it's the unworthy emotion that creates that hole that allows him to drop these thoughts into your mind all the time. And he can drive you barney with it until you deal with the emotion. But does he want you to deal with the emotion? No. He wants you just to get in a state of doing whatever he wants. Which might have been, you know, I'm a cow and a bitch unless I have sex with that man. You know? Okay. I'm a cow and a bitch unless I have sex. Oh, I've treated that man, you know, I feel guilty about how I've treated that man. And before you know it, you're in bed with the man that you feel guilty about and you didn't even want to be there. Right? Yep. Yeah. How many of of us have done things like that? Where have drank too much and we didn't want to do that we were in bed with somebody we didn't want to be in bed with all these different things and it all happens because of the emotional hook we have into the spirit who's driving a lot of our actions in order to get their stuff sorted right? in order to, to, to actually live in their stuff I've said Graham, no if we come across to Graham because I've missed Graham twice already Um, Is this what underlies so many people's desire for, like, peace in their communications with others and peace on an internet forum or peace in their family or peace in their own head or just peace in general? Yes, of course. Of course. Your desire for peace inside and outside of yourself externally can cause you to make many compromises, right? And, And what's going to protect you is to never compromise the truth. Can you see what's going to project you? So let's, let's list that as one of the proje- protections. Remember I said I was, going to, I was going to list for you ways that you can protect yourself against this kind of attack. One way is never compromise truth. No matter how terrified you are about doing the opposite thing. Now, if that happens inside of you, where you get to a point where you never compromise truth no matter what happens, can a spirit hook into you compromising truth to suit another emotion inside of yourself? He can't. So let's say you're terrified. I'm terrified about speaking the truth. If I never compromise the truth, I will allow myself to be terrified and be even shaking and still say the truth. You get me? But if I'm not in that place... Now a spirit can cause, oh, I've got a hook into that person. What's the hook? Oh, you know, Under certain circumstances, that person's never going to tell the truth. Let's try to attempt to create those circumstances. So they never get to tell the truth. If you get to a place where you release all of that emotionally, you'll get closer to God. They don't want you closer to God. What they want you to do is in this other place. All right? If we went across to... AJ, something I've been having lately is just every once in a while um, I'll be doing something and then a thought will come in that will be not harmony with truth and I identify it yeah. and I go, hello, how yeah. are you? Yeah. <laughs> Bye! <laughs> you know, yeah. um, that's about as much as... But you know, I just say no because I identify it as I'm not in harmony with problem, The problem though that we have is that there are many thoughts, because of our addictions, there are many thoughts that we believe are harmonious with truth that are not. And that's our biggest point of vulnerability. Just for example, many of us have this belief that love can expect yourself to be treated well. We have this belief inside of us, right? I expect a person who loves me to treat me well. Now, I've said in the past that an expectation is unloving. So actually me telling myself that I can expect others to treat me lovingly is an untruth right? that I believe to be true. Now, a spirit can easily hook into that one. All they do is they get somebody to treat me not very well or, or not even treat me well or not well. You know, in other words, ignore me. So how's that happen? I'll be walking down the street. AJ's on the opposite side of the street and he doesn't even notice I'm there. And I look at him and he seemed to look straight past me. How did that happen? He's just ignoring me. He's, he doesn't love me. He's just ignoring me. You know, and straight away thoughts drop in. Bang, 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 bang. Before you know it, I'm in a rage with the person across the street who probably never even saw me. And if it was me without my glasses on I probably, you know what I mean? I might have looked straight at you and never saw it. Do you know what I mean? But we don't consider those things, of course, because we've, we've got this connection into that emotion and bang, before we know it. And that's the issue that we face, is that many of the belief systems that we have and many of the actions we take are unloving and we think they're loving. And the spirits know they're not loving and they can easily manipulate and control that. So this is where when I say never compromise truth, let's just put in brackets there and perhaps it shouldn't be in brackets but let's just put in brackets divine truth. <laughs> in other words, never compromise the truth from God's perspective. What would God want me to do in this situation? Now, a lot of people say to me, oh, I don't know what God wants and to be frank with you, that's often crap. Right? Often you do know what is the loving thing to do in any circumstance or situation And we often make a purposeful choice not to do it because of some compromise that we're making inside of ourselves emotionally. That's why we do that. So often we finish up compromising the truth. Now, in Paul's words in the Bible that I was talking, in the scriptures that I was talking about, he said, he called it the loins girded with truth. Why do you think he called it the loins girded with truth? <laughs> it's interesting, associating truth with this part of our body, isn't it? And, uh, and obviously one of the biggest areas where we're untruthful with ourselves is regard to our sexual response and sexuality. And it's also one of the biggest areas that we can be influenced in by spirits in a negative way. Right? So, so it's just something to bear, bear in mind. If we go to Jen and then back...
3: Thanks, Ajay. Um, I have two questions. Yep. Um, can a spirit tell you, manipulate you with truth, tell you truths like nine truths, and then the tenth tr- to lead you along a way, and then tenth truth is like, you know, the icing on the cake—that's totally false. Of course. Can they manipulate you with truth?
0: Of course. Just like many people on Earth do, do they not? Like many people on earth are masters at distorting the truth to their own benefit. Right? Where, where you get a whole series of things told to you and it all seems true. Like many of you have been actually victims of this if you've looked at the internet forums discussing myself and my life and what I've said. Right? Because often there's very, very large gaps missed out of interactions and emotions and other things that have gone on in those persons. These very, very large gaps missed out because what we're so used to doing is just presenting just a little bit of truth there, a little bit of truth there and then we start creating in the person's, other person's mind that actually we're telling all the truth when in reality we've left out these huge gaps that we can now use to manipulate a person if they trust us. All right? and, and this is the thing is at some point we're going to have to learn to never compromise the truth but the majority of us on this planet have learnt from the time we are little children to compromise truth have we not let's be honest like you know did you do that or not (laughs) how many of us have had that happen to you where you've been yelled at asking a question to tell you the truth like you've got this great big person who's like three times four times the size of you going over you yelling at you to tell them the truth what would you do like, under those circumstances, it's very unlikely you're going to tell them the truth, isn't it? Particularly if you know the truth's just going to make them even more angry and upset. Wow, of course you wouldn't. You see, and this is why we're so, we're so easily lied to and so easily lie as a result of that. Because we're so afraid. We are petrified of truth, to be frank, on the planet. We don't want to hear the truth. How many times have you heard me speak the truth to someone and straight away they're angry with me for the next 10 weeks? Like, you've seen it happen all the time, right? How many people leave... Like, we've had thousands of people come to these sessions. But literally thousands of them are not coming anymore. Why is that? Because a lot of times they don't want to hear the truth. They're okay with external truth. But even then a lot of times we're not, are we? Like I've talked about the truth of abortion. Now that's really confronting, isn't it? Very confronting. If I don't want to face the emotion of that, I'm going to be so confronted of that. Now it's not a judgement, it's just a truth. But we often see truth and judgement in exactly the same place, at exactly the same time. And so what we finish up doing is we think, oh, AJ's judging me again, I'm sick of being judged all the time. And rather than dealing with the emotions, we go off because we've been judged again. And we, we, we're so used to saying doing that so that we can get away from the truth. Did I do it or not? Right? We do this all the time. And so many times uh, we actually inhibit our own process progress because of truth. So yes, a spirit can manipulate the truth just like any person here on the earth can manipulate the truth for you. So, you know, one of the easiest ways to manipulate a person who's a mediumistic person on the divine love path? All I've got to do as a spirit is this. All I've got to do is go to any book that talks about the divine love path, all the pageant messages. I pick up the book. By the way, I can do this as a spirit. I can read through that entire book in a matter of seconds. So I go, okay, okay, Nina loves the divine truth. Nina's also a medium. So she's talking to spirits who she believes are on the divine truth path, right? On the divine love path. I'm a nasty spirit. I can see some emotions in Nina that she wants to do this and wants to do that. She's got some unhealed things here and there. All I need to do now is all I need to do is get this book, reread read it, look at all the terminology. Oh yeah, terminology is quite easy to understand. Is it not? How many of you understand what a bit is or a bite is or a you know, processor, or all those kinds. Of, these are all computer terms, are they not, that you've learnt? And you can now converse. How many of you actually know what one is and have seen one? <laughs> Very few, right? Very few of you. But you think you know what it is. And so, and because we've just learnt the terms, right? We've just learnt the terminology. We fit in with, okay, so I'm a spirit, divine love path. Oh, all the people here in divine love path, quite a few here who are developing their mediumship now. We're working their way through, oh, it's quite easy. This is going to be easy. All I do is I read all the material. Right, now I'm totally versed on the divine love path from an intellectual point. I might be in the hells, right, but I know what to say. And all I need to do is what? Say, oh, Nina, you're doing so well on the divine love path. Isn't it lovely? You know, i say start channeling all this other information. Nina's starting to feel really good. Wow, I was really thinking I was doing bad, but I'm doing quite good obviously now. The spirits are telling me, isn't this wonderful? And I get some more stuff and, oh, isn't it wonderful? Yeah, this is really good. This is really good channeling, hey? It's really awesome. And I'm channeling a first fear spirit who has nothing to do with the divine love path and all they're doing is trying to connect to me so that they can manipulate some of my other emotions. And if I can't feel the spirit, how am I going to know? I'm not, I'm not going to know. So that spirit can come along and say, all right, no." so after about three or four months, you know, oh, you're listening to AJ. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, she's got some man issues as well. Okay, we can easily, we can easily now influence Nina into dealing with some of her man issues by getting angry with AJ, right? And all AJ's got to just innocently say is drop a bit of truth here and there. And bang, oh, the spirit says, See, he's out of harmony with divine love, you know? And the spirit's starting to go now, at Nina about AJ being out of harmony with divine love you can't trust him and you can't do this and you can't do that by the way would any divine love spirit start saying these kind of things to you? Probably not eh? but, but, but we're, by now we're so hooked right, into the interaction with them that we don't think of that right? and we're in the emotion of anger too inside of ourselves towards the person so that's very very hard for me now to get out of that And so now what's happening? Now what's happening is I'm being influenced off the path that I think I'm following by my connection with the spirit through some unhealed emotions. That's what's happening. This happens all the time on earth. And the reason why it happens is, as I said at the beginning, you can't see who you're talking to. You can only feel who you're talking to. And if the feelings of who you're talking to match your own feelings very closely, you're going to think it's quite good, right? And if those feelings happen to be raised towards men, raised towards women, anger towards God, whatever other emotions that are unhealed inside of you, you're obviously going to be very open to influence. And it's so easy to influence you. To be frank with you, if I wanted to influence you, it would be so easy to influence you. Because the more somebody knows about your emotional condition and can feel from you about your emotional condition, if they have a malevolent attitude towards you, an attitude where they want to harm you, they can very easily influence you. The fortunate thing for you, in many cases, is that the spirits who are in the position where they do understand you emotionally are also in a position of love and they don't want to harm you with it. The spirits who want to harm you, all they do is they look at your body and they see the different colours. A lot of times not even understanding what they are, but they know the colour that attracts their colour to them. Remember, everything from a metaphysical point of view is like a pipe that connects you with them. And so they feel this connection, like a pipe between you and this spirit. And they can see that pipe. You can't, they can Know that they have a connection with you that they can influence and they don't care how they influence it. Now some of them are more intelligent than others and so therefore they use cleverer ways to do it. Some are not quite that clever or are quite basic in terms of their emotion. They use the fist right? and try to pummel you into submission. If that doesn't work, they leave. It just depends on their personality is what they'll do. Now, I'm not saying all of this to frighten you. I'm saying all this to actually encourage you to see how easy it is to be influenced by others if you decide to hook into them emotionally. And what I would like to encourage you to do, instead of that, hooking into them emotionally, I mean, is to start looking at some areas where you can protect yourself from hooking into other people emotionally when you know they're in a condition that is not harmonious with love. Now, if you've got an angry person on the internet saying all these things about me, for example, saying all these things to you on the internet about me, the fact that they're angry is telling you what? Well, they obviously have got a lot of fear and then there's also a lot of grief, is there not? So there's anger, fear, grief. Now, if they're angry with me, what have I said about anger? Anger is the guide to dealing with deeper emotions. Haven't, haven't we said that? So if you know they're angry, if you're listening to them in their anger and believing them, then all of a sudden you're now in a place where you're vulnerable. That's totally different than listening to a calmer person who's not in a state of anger. But how do you tell the difference? Well, it's quite obvious with anger, not quite obvious with other emotions. So often what happens is I'm in a state of doubt, for example, personally. And so what happens is I'm now going to attract a whole group of people who are also in doubt into my life and I'm going to attract a group of spirits who want to influence my doubt into my life. Now, how do I deal with my doubt? I have to process it emotionally. I've got to go... All right, I'm going to go full disbelief and see how that works for a while. Or I go into full belief and trust and see how that works for a while. But don't stay in the place of doubt because in the place of doubt, you are heavily manipulated by anybody around you who just triggers your doubt. Do you see what I'm saying? So, 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 if, so if, I, if I'm talking about the law of attraction and you doubt the law of attraction exists, don't stay in that place. Either totally disbelieve me completely and try that on for size, and see how that garment fits you for a while, right? Or, believe me for a month, and see how it works. Do one or the other. Does that make sense? But in the place of doubt, you can actually stay in that place for 25 years, and you'll pass, and you'll go, oh boy, I wish I didn't doubt that all that time, without knowing what the truth was. You can resolve all of these issues quite easily. But, if you're willing to actually be influenced by the spirits because of the holes that are there and let's admit to ourselves we all have holes there still, right? So we're going to have some ways in which we can manip- be manipulated by those holes. So if we're going to be manipulated by those holes for the rest of our life, you can be processing what you think is emotion that's causal and it won't be at all. It won't be causal emotion at all but instead will just be emotions of spirits who are just connecting you one after another, after another, after another, influencing your entire process. And the only time you'll notice that that changes is when you pass and all of a sudden you disconnect from them all. And now they're not around you anymore. So now they, they can't influence you anymore and now you know what was your own thought and what was somebody else's. All right. It's better to know before then. If we go uh, back first. Yeah, thanks, Jim.
2: About five weeks ago, I finally found out why I've been screaming overnight. And normally um, my husband, which please turn around, I'm feeling bad enough as it is. And normally... Can uh, I just stop you? Yeah.
0: You just tried to control somebody. Yeah. But I why?
2: Feel, I feel really bad talking about this. Why? Because I'm so embarrassed at what I'm going to say.
0: So, so, so what you're doing is judging yourself. Can you see that yeah. yeah you don't need to judge yourself someone well, else doesn't want to say what you're going to say either
2: yeah. it's got to the stage where i now found out after decades of screaming in my sleep and wondering why i still have a marriage left and my husband i've been praying for a long time to get to the bottom of this so i can get to the emotion of it and now i five weeks ago like i said i found out what the problem is, I want Can we just is- turn off that mic? And
0: can we give her the other mic? Can um, that mic be turned off? If you get to the bottom of it, you just need to turn it off, and we might try and use another mic. Yeah, that's better.
2: I'm at the stage now where I don't want to go to bed, go to bed, or go to sleep at all. So I keep myself awake till two, two thirty, till I finally drop off and i did and, and this time my husband thought i'm going to let her go fully blown into the scr- into the screams because normally if he sometimes it's as if he's not there and he just you know he just lets me go and often he just wakes me up because he knows what's going to happen and um so he he let me go and um he said he couldn't understand he, i started screaming out in my own language three times and then of course the fully blown scream came out. This is only about four or five weeks ago. Fully blown scream came out and he said do you know what this is about and I had prayed that night before but I'd prayed decades before and I I actually got angry with God over this. We had words and uh, finally um, (sighs) it was a case of (sighs) It was spirit rape, and there was three of them. And there was, three of them. It was just more than just rape, it was torture and rape. And I kept saying over and over, please don't do this to me, please don't do this to me, please don't do this to me in my own language. Now, I don't use my own language at all. And, but like I said, now I don't want to sleep. Yeah.
0: When you say you don't use your own language at all,
2: well, I've got no-one to speak it to, everyone that's... Oh, all I see. Dead. What,
0: what language do you speak? Dutch. Dutch, yeah, yeah. OK. No worries. Um, can I... Uh, this issue, by the way, has been raised with me so many times with people asking me questions on the internet, and uh, and I, we need to address it. The truth is, yes, in your sleep state you can be raped.
2: Yeah, many times. I saw them. Yeah. I saw them in there's three. Yeah. And I also remember being a lot younger than what I am now and course the next day I'm thinking why would they pick on an old hen like me yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. so let's, let's look at what's going on because uh, a number of people have asked, asked me this question remember here's our father, here's our mother Remember their collective soul condition is what creates my condition. Does that make sense? Now, if my my mother has some unhealed issues with regard to sexuality, which and my father has some unhealed issues with regard to sexuality, which let's face it, most people do remember I said that energetically that leaves this person, this child open to attack does that make sense? now it's the emotional condition of the child that creates the attraction but that emotional condition was created by the unhealed emotion in the parents you follow me? So the way a parent can protect a a child from this ever happening is for the mother to look at all of her issues with regard to sexuality, with regard to whatever is unhealed within her. So if she's been abused or she's been harmed by men, she would need to look at all of those issues and actually feel about all those issues and release those issues. And the man, he would have to look at, if the girl is being abused, the man would have to look at what attitude he has towards women What does he feel about sexuality with women? And he'd have to heal those emotions. What kind of, uh, what does he believe about women in terms of whether that, about them as sex objects, for example? He would have to work his way through those emotions. That would then create a barrier around the child where the child can't be harmed sexually. Now, unfortunately for yourself, your parents did not do that. No. Right? And so what's happened is that for yourself, inside of yourself, there are some unhealed emotions which create holes in that protective armour, right, that allow spirits to be able to influence you sexually, which feels like a rape to you.
2: I know what rape is like. And my mother said when I was raped that I would have to marry the man if I was pregnant. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. So there are a lot of unhealed emotions about the rape and about the childhood sexual abuse. My suggestion for you is, to, is that when you start allowing yourself to work your way through those emotions, that's when you can receive protection from your spirit friends. Right? See, see, while we deny these emotions exist within us, then our spirit friends who can assist us would have to break one of God's laws to assist us See, if I'm trying to stay away from an emotion inside of myself and I don't want to heal it, the spirits are, are going to be working against that. I mean good spirits are going to be working against that in order to protect us. Mm-hmm. So they're working against our own desire. Our desire is to not heal something, right, because we want to stay away from it. We're afraid of it. So we don't want to heal it because we're afraid of it. Mm-hmm. So see, many of us feel we, we think we want to heal something. But the truth is inside of us is we're so afraid of the issue that we don't actually want to heal it. What we want is somebody to come along and rub it all out for us. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Most of the time that's what we want. We want God in particular and when we, and a lot of us give up on God because God doesn't rub it out for us. So we get totally angry with God and upset with God and we say, oh, God's useless, God doesn't want to help me, God doesn't love me. Mm-hmm. And then we start wanting other people to rub it out for us and of course they can't because the emotion is inside of us anyway. So at some point we need to have some kind of willingness to deal with the emotion. Now, this is a second point that I want to raise about protection. You can only be protected by spirit friends or by God um, when you're in an unhealed state I'm talking about here. So remember when you're in a healed state, when you're in a one state, you are automatically protected. Does that But when you're in an unhealed state, when you're in a state where you've still got emotions to work on inside of yourself, you can only be protected by God or by spirits who are on the divine love path if you demonstrate a willingness to deal with the core emotion. Which is? The issues regarding sexuality and being raped for yourself. does that make sense Mm -hmm. so when you actually get into a state yourself where you're willing to go into those emotions now your spirit friends can protect you alive i mean awake or asleep they can protect you but when you have an unwillingness to deal with the emotion because of your fear about those emotions and how terrible they feel then they can't help you in that state and you're at the mercy of anyone who is attracted to you through the law of attraction Can everyone understand that? It's the willingness. So this is second point number two about protection. When you demonstrate a true willingness to actually feel the causal emotion, that is the time that you can have the maximum amount of protection from spirits and God. When you don't have a willingness to deal with the causal core emotion, as an, and I mean an emotional willingness, a soul willingness. It's not just an intellectual, oh, yeah, I want to do it. It's a really strong, passionate desire to deal with the emotion. When you, when you have that, you can be protected. If you don't have that, they would have to break God's other laws in order to protect you because the law of free will is paramount. So the law of free will, and this is something to understand, the law of free will is so paramount that God will not break it God will never do anything unless you really badly, badly, badly want it to happen. God will not do it. The law of free will is paramount to God. In other words, it is one of the basics of the laws of love. So, if I I inside of me have an unwillingness to emotionally get at the core emotion with regard to an issue, God cannot help me in that state. Nor can my spirit friends who are on the divine love path help me in that state. Because to do that they would have to break their own relationship with God. Right? So they can't help me in that state either. The only spirits that will be willing to help me in that state will be natural love spirits and even them, they won't be able to overcome my law of attraction. So I will get very little help in that state. As soon as I demonstrate a pure willingness inside of myself from my soul to deal with the hard emotional issues that are there, without judgement, they're just there, once I am willing to deal with them, from that moment on I can be afforded the maximum amount of protection that is available to me. Does Does everyone get that? So, this is particularly hard and harsh, it feels like, with sexual issues. The reason why it feels particularly hard and harsh is because many times... We have sexual issues that occur during our childhood or during our young adulthood with regard to being harmed, raped or hurt and abused in some way. And because of those issues, we, our environment generally shuts us down, doesn't allow us to process any of those emotions. And so we learn in ourselves to carry this personal shame the rest of our lives. And the unfortunate fact is, is that while I'm carrying the personal shame and unwilling to feel it and process it through emotionally, I'm also now in a state where I can't be protected externally by God or by spirits (coughs) who could protect us. Does
2: that make sense? I sort of don't feel as if I'm I'm unwilling because that's what I had words with God over. What more do you want me to do? You know, how more genuine can I get? Let me
0: demonstrate that you are, in fact, unwilling.
2: Am I really?
0: If you're angry with God...
2: I was, yeah. ...you're unwilling. Yeah.
0: Remember, anger covers over what? Fear or terror, let's say, in your case, right? Anger covers over the terror. And what does the terror cover over? The grief. Now, if I'm angry towards... Whoops, I spelled it wrong again. If I'm angry towards God, am I in a state of willingness to feel the emotion?
2: I'd apologise next day. That's okay. Apology
0: or not, you're still angry with God about it. Uh, Right now, I'm saying.
2: Yes, I am. Yes. I am because the wheels have fallen off. Exactly. And I feel as if I'm skating on very, very thin ice. Yes. Very thin ice. Which is all these terror emotions. Hanging in by my teeth. Yep. Just hanging in by my teeth.
0: The truth is you are very angry with God. And while you hold on to that anger with God, you are totally unwilling to deal with the underlying emotion. And while we're unwilling to deal with the underlying emotion, we can't be afforded the help that could be given. You see, this is something many of us need to understand, is that it's not intellectually here manufacturing anger or no anger. If the feeling inside of me is I'm angry towards God, remember, we get angry towards somebody, whether it's God or not, we get angry towards somebody because we want them to do something for us. Now the truth is, if God already isn't doing it, there's a loving reason why. And the loving reason why God isn't already doing it for you is because He respects your free will and you are unwilling to feel the underlying terror and grief associated with the events of the past. Mm. That's why. Mm. Now, when you are willing to deal with those, you won't feel angry with God anymore. You will actually feel like you want to deal with those things without feeling anger towards God. Right? And when you get into that space, of course it's easy for God to help you in that space.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, th- this is where we need to be really honest with ourselves. Can you see? Like, we can say to ourselves, oh, I want to do it, I want to do it, I want to do it, but in reality... The truth is, oftentimes the feeling coming from us is totally the opposite to that. I had a conversation earlier today where that's the case with yourself, Rayo. Like the unwillingness to feel the to see you wanted to be angry, for example. Right? You want to be angry, and there's a reason why. But the anger is telling you that you're unwilling. Does that make sense? And and if I so if I'm in a state of the anger, the anger is telling me I'm unwilling. I need to look at why am I so unwilling? Why am I so unwilling? Because because until I fix the willingness, how can anyone who's on a good on the divine love path in the spirit world help me? Because to help me, they would have to break the law of my will, which is paramount to them. You see.
2: I've actually come to that conclusion because I thought, well, maybe if I am in the mind and I'm really, I can reason this through. And I've ha- actually had um, big conversations with the soul. We really, are, obviously there's a block that you don't you want to go there. And it's almost as if we're two people and I'm, I'm arguing with my own soul. We really need to do this. We really need to get through this. You are because not
0: actually arguing with your own soul in that who space. Who am I arguing with? You're arguing with another spirit who doesn't want to deal with no her more, abuse. no more. You see, what happens if I'm in a state here emotionally where I don't want to deal with my sexual abuse, what kind of spirits am I going to attract? I'm going to attract some other women's spirits who also don't want to deal with their abuse emotionally. Can you see that? So I might have two or three or four or five of them surrounding me at any one point in time. So AJ comes along, the idiot AJ comes along and suggests you've got to feel through the terror and into the grief of the abuse... These girls are going to be saying, no, we don't want you to do that. We don't want you to do that.
2: Is my mother one of them?
0: Well, of course your mother would be one of them if she's passed.
2: Yes. Because who
0: do you think was there when your abuse was?
2: Well, she was going to deal with it herself. Like, she married a pedophile also. She was going to deal with it.
0: And can you see then it feels like we're having a conversation with ourselves when in reality we're not having a conversation with ourselves at all. We're having a conversation with a spirit who does not want you to go into this emotional work of dealing with your abuse because if you do, they might have to or they won't have the connection with you anymore and they disagree totally with me, by the way. Every abused woman in the spirit world who has yet to deal with their abuse disagrees wholeheartedly with everything I'm saying to you about abuse right now, every one of them, every one of them thinks I'm an idiot, every one thinks I'm a male who doesn't know what to do, doesn't know the truth, every single one of them. And if you've got one of or two of them around you because it's from, from your own childhood, they are going to be telling you exactly the opposite thing that I'm telling you right at this moment. Right? Of course they are going to be telling you because they never dealt with their abuse their entire life. They don't even want to take responsibility for the fact that your abuse probably occurred because of the unhealed stuff that they dealt with from their abuse. They don't even want to deal with that, let alone deal with the abuse itself. Right? But the truth is that while I have this feeling inside of me where I'm exercising my will into an unwilling state, from that moment on I am now cannot be protected by any bright spirits on the divine love path or by God and my law of attraction is going to dominate my experience because of that. And it's going to dominate my experience so much that eventually I'll get into one of these emotions. Eventually, as a result of that experience. But while I stay in the anger, the anger is a demonstration of my unwillingness. So remember, every time you're angry, it's a demonstration of your own unwillingness to deal with a deeper emotion. All right.
2: So can, how can I get at the back off? Because I have talked to her.
0: Yep. So so. In the past. You yes. can't deal with her because she is there because of your unwillingness. You need to look at what your hook is into her. Now, if it's your mother the hooks are going to be quite obvious. Can you see, like, it would be, I want to please my mother, I want to get my bond with my mother close. We're girls and we should stick together. All the women in the planet should stick together against the men. There's a lot of those kind of emotions there if a person's been abused. No, we're
2: totally different. She was pitiful, really.
0: All right. Very weak. But the truth is that I'm in a state of anger. I know I'm in unwillingness. The next question is, do... I want to become willing. Do I want to become willing? Most of the time we don't.
2: For for very strong reasons. Well, I had a very strong reason. I was going to uh, be due to the post, to be quite honest. That was my aim, to get to it one month. So I worked really, really hard and then the wheels fell. And I thought I won't say anything to anyone, I'll just, it'll show. <laughs> <laughs> Far better to be truthful but though, right?
0: <laughs> so, do I want to become willing about the issue of my abuse? Now, to, I understand, like, when I returned to Earth, I took most of Mary's childhood uh, abuse issues with me. So, in this life, I've had, it took me seven years to work through the issues of sex, childhood sexual abuse from my first century existence. All right? It can be done, but it requires you getting out of anger and getting into the terror and then underneath that. That's what it requires. When you're willing to do that, God can help you through the entire process. So while at the moment it might sound to you that I'm being quite callous if you, to a person who's been abused, the truth is I've had exactly the same personal experience of having to deal with those emotions. All right? And they don't affect me anymore that they used to affect me terribly as a result of the, of the un- unhealed emotion. I was terrified of dealing with the emotions. And uh, for me, um, the emotions were pretty intense, working my way through all of them, as they will be for any person who has had abuse in their childhood or in their young adult life. All right? But all you need is willingness like a real soul willingness to deal with them. Remember, the anger is telling you when you're not willing. Right? And in a state of anger, you cannot be protected. And uh, What time is it, about three? Yep. Yeah. So what if we just stop for the moment? I know many of you have some more questions about this issue, which we will address after the break. But, uh, and I want to talk more about the kinds of protections that we can give ourselves too.